This is RAF with Tony Tone and LA. Coming to you straight, live and direct from the Jungle Studios. And uh, it's been a while since we've done a little bit of a podcast, but alas, the people need it. They're up in revolt. Well, they're not up in revolt, really, because that would get us into charges of inciting riots. Anyway, it's getting awkward. Under uh, the one and only Mr. Philly. What's up, man? How's it going, buddy? Been a while. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's going. It's It's going. It's uh, our prime minister came out and said that it is the the worst time of social disharmony that he has seen, not only his political career, but his mm-hmm. whole entire life in Australia. So, uh, yeah, so uh, go on all right, given the circumstances, matey. Isn't so, he a dick? Uh, what's, uh, yeah, what's, uh, what's up? What's up, man? I can't... Uh... Well, I think that's everywhere. Social unrest. Yeah. So fair enough. You know, he's just pointing out the obvious. Glad he gets paid so much to do that. Yeah. He's probably yep. part of the yep. reason for it. So Yeah, he's actually the one that's causing half the problems as well. So, so anyway, um, I guess uh guess I'll go first. Um, yes, sir. All right. Well, today I'm going to be talking about the United Nations, uh, formulated after World War II with the major powers, uh, idealistic, I guess some would say, and after millions upon millions of people died around the world uh, in tragic circumstances, the world got together and thought, you know what, let's just uh, let's have a bit of an organisation Set it up in New York. I've actually been there uh, on a little bit of tourist thing. And, uh, you know, promote world peace. And uh, the issue is, though, is that then we went into a Cold War between the Soviet unions and the western back countries. And uh, in particular, on the Security Council, they have what's known as the veto, which means that as soon as one vetoes, then basically nothing gets done. And uh, we kind of... Transcend through a journey of uh, multiple dictators and despots and questionable regimes and coming back to the simple line that one man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter. Well, there's a lot of freedom fighters in the uh, UN. Uh, and had some great laughs along the way, I guess. You know, Che Guevara coming up and uh, Hugo Chavez, uh, the Venezuelan president, saying he smelt like sulfur after the <laughs> President was there, and the Iranians, and you know, good old fashioned Ayatollah. And uh, yeah, no, hope the Ayatollah's going well. He'll I'm sure he'll be tweeting me a bit later on. But alas, a little bit of controversy came out with uh, the UNRWA, which is the Palestinian part of the United Nations. Now, in the formulation of what is now Israel with displaced people. Uh, the UN sort of initially started up to have a certain amount of people in the West Bank and in Gaza. Uh, the issue is, is that they never left. So, mm. you know, you're talking, oh, my God, what, 75, 75 years, I think mm-hmm. it is, um, plus, 
where they've basically been in charge of um, Palestine and building houses and food and education. And for the most part, I think that um, from an idealistic point of view, people like that, right, these people were hard done by initially and, and there's a lot of generational trauma and, you know, they're, they're helping them with schooling and fooding and whatever. The problem is, uh, problem is, Mr. Philly, that there's been allegations that they were involved and some of the members were involved in the October 7th massacre, which was the killing of civilian Jews, not soldiers. They were also involved in uh, the disposing of bodies from the massacres. They estimated that I think 10% more are part of the Tamas. They're involved in allegations, mm -hmm. involved in all sorts of uh, promotion of racial hatred. Sure. Uh, and many more, you know. So many yeah. of the teachers are advocating the killing of old Jews and <clears throat> and uh, and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Now, Australia has, uh, has, you know, called for a ceasefire in Gaza. Um, and we were donating millions of dollars uh, to not only the UNRWA, but we also went, our foreign minister just recently went to the Middle East. She gave millions of dollars to the Palestinian Liberation Organisation, the PLO, and mm -hmm. said, well, that's for Gaza and don't use it for corruption and give it to the people. There's only one problem. The PLO and Hamas actually fight each other. So that's like, giving money to the Republicans and saying, by the way, just pass it over to the Democrats. So with these allegations of war crimes and hatred and everything like that, I started to think to myself, well, what else about the UN is good? Well, the Security Council, as we saw in Rwanda, has been absolute shambles. The, the, the United Nations Peacekeeping Force in Rwanda was shambles. Mm -hmm. United Nations peacekeeping force in the Congo shambles. I mean, millions of people are still dying at the moment with the M1220 or whatever it is, the Tutsi Rebellion groups and whatnot. Uh, the Yugoslav War, uh, massacres of the Muslims. They uh, just basically the Serbs didn't fire a shot and then just drove past and then took out all the Bosnian Bosnian Muslims. Um, and many, many more. And then so I got to myself thinking, well, well, Connor, what's good of the UN? You know, I mean, the IMO, well, I mean, you know, I'm in shipping. The IMO's, the IMO's good, a little bit green, but, but good. Mm -hmm. UNESCO's cool. You know, like the UNESCO World Heritage Site and everything like that. Yeah. But I'm starting to think that the UN generally is kind of useless. Like, I'm starting to think that for all the money that, that's going in, it's it's not really beneficial in comparison to whatever the charity events could, could do, like Medicines on the Frontier or, you know, Here the Salvation Army or, um, you know, I'm sure there's like Islamic organisations and everything like that that are helping and, and whatnot. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I, I'm leaning towards debate, I guess, uh, and this is why I'll pass it over to you, is that... Should the UN be just dismantled? Should the UN be broken up where we're like, you know what, okay, UNESCO, IMO, maybe maybe a sort of small charity for the kids or something like that? Mm. Um, or should it just, you know, it's for world peace and 
yay, let's just kind of keep it. What's your thoughts, man? Um, personally, I think it, it takes too much money from everybody, but I don't think it, I, I think it's a waste of money, but I don't think it's a bad, it's a bad thing for countries to go vent to other countries about shit. You know what I'm saying? Like there's definitely, it's definitely a good thing to have a forum for debate and ideas. However, I feel like the UN is is really a, is just a joke. Um, and they have their own sort of agendas that they're going to push. And the people in charge are all appointed for the most part. And I, I don't know. I don't like it at all. I, I think it's gotten too big for for what it is. It should just it should just be a place where, OK, if there's a, a global threat, you can debate it. If there's countries who want this, you know, oh, they wronged me and they want to try to get the, the court of public approval in terms of what they could get for said wronging or like it's good in a way that you can put other countries on blast if they do something that's wrong. So other countries are aware. I think that's fine. I don't like what it's become. It, it's it's not even it's trying to turn into something like the EU where the United, you know, the European Union runs all the European countries and they don't even vote for the people who are running the European Union. Like they're all like these appointees and all this shit and they dictate to the people who you do elect what to do. It's how I feel about the United Nations. I feel over time they just seem to get their fucking hands in everything and somehow dictate policy to people. And you don't even know who these people are that are making these decisions. Like, I don't, I don't think that's the point of what. Well, who knows the, who, who knows who the UN representative is for their countries most of the time? Yeah, you don't know. And again, it's a, it's an appointed position. You just get appointed. I mean, maybe not everywhere, but I know in the U S it's, you're just appointed to it. And I don't know. I don't like the idea that I have all these people who I don't even know who they are and they all get together in some fucking room and decide this is what's best for the world. I mean, the track records of governments doing well globally is pretty fucking low. So the fact that all these clowns get in a room together and come up with a new idea is terrifying to me. Like if they're all agreeing that something is good and should be done probably means it's one of the worst things you should possibly do. That scares me. I don't like that. I don't think there should be any policy making, nothing. They should all shut up and just complain. If it was a forum for complaining, I'm fine with that. Because I love to complain. I, yeah, I, I think that it should be I think it should be complete to get rid of it completely is is maybe extreme. But it definitely needs a massive culling. It definitely needs yeah. a massive culling. Like it just it should just basically be like you know what, like there's these old Sumerian ruins in Iraq and, you know, for cultural heritage, we don't want ISIS blowing them up. So we're going to put the Iraqi army on guard there. Or we're going to, we're going to collect, you know, uh, we're going to collect $100,000 each year. Um, you know, we're going to, I don't know, build, grow some trees in the Amazon or, you know, so, and then, and then certain, certain, um, Certain aid, like I agree with, but look, I had this thing. Uh, I had this thing. Uh, there's this local local lady here that does a lot of sort of social stuff, and on her yeah. social media, she was advertising like a beach volleyball day, and it said all money being raised will be donated to the children in Sudan, Congo, and Palestine. And I said, well, 
I said Congo alone is like impossible. Sudan is in a civil war between like the REF and the government. And then Palestine yeah. is struggling to get any aid in. So how the heck are you going to get the money to the children? So you're inviting Melbournians, right, to go to pay money for an event on the premise that they're giving the money to the children. And what guarantees do you have? And the same problem that we've had that makes me more sceptical, and it comes back to the UN, we've had a lot of instances in Australia where people were donating money for events that yeah. weren't even getting to the people at the events. Like, <laughs> I forgot, it was like the, the Bali, there was like a tsunami, the tsunami in 04 or something like that. And oh, yeah, yeah. In Thailand, and, yeah. Then, and then the Red Cross was like taking all this, I think it was the Red Cross, it was mm. taking all this money, but then they weren't giving it to the people. And then it used to be really common when, when I was a kid that everyone would sponsor a child. So they'd have some like random African kid on their fridge with letters right written for world vision of the a dollar a day and save a child. And people out of the goodwill of their heart were, were donating. Like they genuinely believed that they were helping this person. And then you looked into it and it was like 60% was going on administration fees for World Vision. Yeah. So if that's if that's like World Vision and that's Red Cross, I mean, the UN, it's like, God, how much money must just be squandered, you know, before it even hits the people? And then when you, when you look at it, it's like that's why stuff like Medicine Sun Frontiers of the French is cool because you see that they physically send in doctors to these areas and, you know, I forgot what it is, the mercy ship or whatever that they've got that travels the world as the traveling hospital. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, I don't know, man. I, I just I just really got to the point after reading that that, you know, like I said, and I say to my viewers, you're free to you're free to, to feel whatever you want. You know, you can be pro Palestine, you can hate Jews, you can be all, you know, whatever it is. But if if we're gonna be uh if we have to look at it from a glo global perspective, like you cannot have a global organisation act actively involved in the killing of the other side, even if they are for that specific area, right? Yeah. They still, as an international organisation, have to be neutral because it's like, otherwise, what's the point? So now everyone's up in arms saying, oh, well, you pulled the funding, you pulled the funding. Why did you pull the funding? Because it's it's the United United, right? As as one, <laughs> you know what I mean. It's not Hamas health system that you're donating to, or Hamas education. Then okay, fair enough. It's a little bit different, or mm. you know, I don't, I don't know what the whatever the, the Israeli schools are. So it's just, no, oh, it's crazy. Anyway, man, onto uh, onto your topic, buddy. What do you, what do you reckon? Uh no, my okay. So my topic, uh, I think is a bit more, um. I guess easier is a better word. So obviously we've been seeing a lot of layoffs. We saw Citibank's laying off, I think close to 20,000 people. UPS came out, I think a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago, saying they're laying off 12,000 people in the US. Uh, Facebook, Google, Microsoft, uh, Disney, they're all laying people that, off. That, that was 10% oh, yeah, of the workforce. laying people off. That Estelle Louder laying people off. And the whole thing is just bizarre to me, right? Because you have you have so many countries 
I shouldn't say so many. You have one in particular, the U.S., who's trying to say how great the U.S. economy is because look at the unemployment rate, look at the, how many jobs created, blah, 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 blah. So first thing, the jobs report. Never believe the first number they put out in ever. They're liars. They're scumbag liars. They do whatever they do to make things look better for them. Once they put that number out, they start revising the number down. So if they say we created 50,000 jobs in about a month's time, that 50,000 was actually probably 35. They just, so by all of US jobs and wages surged by 353,000. That was on Saturday, last last Saturday. Yeah, it's, they're, li they're just liars. They're, they're blatant liars. But how so they, how, so for the, they, they, for the they ignorant have, person, how they, how can they lie? Because they, they are allowed to estimate. So there, I don't remember the exact term, but there's a age and death estimation that they can put into the job created. And they assume that with the people dying and new people filling the roles is sort of like, oh, there's new jobs available. But that's not, they are just allowed to make up a number for that. They can be as aggressive as they want for that. So that is why in 2023, if you easily can Google this, the beginning of 2024, they came out and they said, well, the U.S. pretty much erased 450,000 jobs over the course of, 200, uh, of 2023. So every great headline that was coming out, oh, they did this, they did this, they did this, oh, we added this. It's, it's just not true, right? They just make it up so it looks good, so they can say the economy, the economy is good. Now, in terms of wages increasing, uh, I'd be interested to, to see or to understand how they, how they got that one. Because most of the people who are losing their jobs are, are now at this point, even skilled workers. You have people who said, oh, you go into IT, software development, computer science, that's the best thing. They're all getting dropped. Even IBM said, hey, we're going to start dropping these guys. We don't need them anymore. AI is going to take it over. It's, well, you know, this thing about this model, just before we started having this chat, I guess she's an OnlyFans model. I, I don't know. Mm -hmm. And now she's set up like, AI of her exact image with the ability to like just have normal conversations. No, it's it's, it's wild, man. So to me, I was talking to our buddy, uh, buddy Kevy the other day, right? And, mm -hmm. and, I, and I sent him this picture of this, like, well, I guess what you would call the ultimate looking blonde chick, right? Just the perfect like mm -hmm. dimensions and everything. Because I was scrolling for Instagram and I was like, oh, wow, she's like gorgeous. Then I opened up the thing and it was like she's AI. And I'm like, oh, yeah, but it's crazy. But so coming back to the economics, um they're just liars. I guess I guess the, the issue is also what we were reading on that the corporate debts that are going through the roof. Yeah, yeah. So the reason there's so many layoffs is because a lot of companies are obviously they have a lot of debt because debt was cheap. Um, then they raised interest rates quick and they can't refinance the debt because obviously the interest rates are higher. So they're stuck paying higher interest rates now because all the debt's coming up for renewal. Um, there were a lot of companies sort of hoping. That's why you saw so many people hoping, begging that uh, the Fed would lower interest rates in March, because I think March is usually when they have the 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 redo which isn't happening. So now they're going to be paying, uh, like it, more, as more of this old debt comes up to maturity to, for renewal, the higher their interest payments are going to be. So that's why all these companies are looking at ways to cut costs. 
and the easiest, quickest way to cut costs and for your stock price to go up so your stock looks, oh, S&P 500 is doing so great. Well, the easiest way to do that is just start cutting people. Just start laying people off. You overhired, great, get rid of them. Still not enough, get rid of some more. Overwork the people who are left because the job market's shit and they're going to stay. Because I've the article that you mm. sent me, actually, buddy, yeah. uh, August 23. Uh, two trillion corporate debt walls spark job losses in 2024, Goldman Sachs says. Yeah, so they came out and said this and so, in 2023. So they called that in August, and now we're starting to see it come to fruition. Yes, and it'll get worse in 2025, they said. Which it, it even, I think even if they lower... Even if they lower the rates, between the fact that you have the commercial real estate completely collapsing, all of the high debt that's coming up that's going to be at higher rates now. I mean, I don't think and and he can't oh, okay. lower the so rates. I found yeah. the stats, buddy. Goldman Sachs estimates the corporate debt maturities, which is when the debt matures and they owe, owe it, so they either pay it or then take out another loan to extend it, will be two hundred thirty billion dollars for twenty three. Well, that's done. Seven hundred ninety billion for twenty four. One far out, one point oh seven trillion in twenty twenty five, representing a combined sixteen percent of all corporate debt. Then there's another four plus trillion in corporate debt set to mature from twenty six to thirty. Jesus. Yep. So that's just everything drags, there. right? Yeah. So what? So I mean, depending on what it is that the the government wants to do, which I I think what's going to happen is. I hope I'm wrong, but I feel something's brewing because there's too much shit happening now at the same time where everything's sort of falling apart and you have people trying to convince us that everything is going okay or going well, right? So if you're the well, Fed... Before, my my mm. old man used to say that before it goes nuts, it goes erratic. And it, and sometimes it being erratic can be it, it hitting its highest heights. I think Australia will... See, the problem with Australia is that we actually would have we actually would have pulled through okay. Like people are struggling on cost of living crisis, but but we wouldn't. It's 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 we're we're well past full employment. We're high like three point seven or three point nine percent or something like that, right? Um, but the government just keeps intervening with all of these crazy new industrial laws uh, and and taxes. I mean, is that is that happening in America as well, where you see the Democrats are intervening with um, I mean, so like for example, they've got this new thing now that they passed into law called the disconnect, which means that similar in Germany and France have it where your boss can't contact you after a certain hour. Mm. So, of course, in my profession, I'm 24 hours a day, right? So, if my boss calls me at 2 a.m. in the morning, I've got to answer because otherwise, they basically find a way to find me, right? You know. And then, of course, I'm all for business, blah, blah, blah. But I, I've accepted that's that's my job. But for people that are working in an office, saying doing administration, when they leave at 5.30, if their boss calls them at 7 o'clock or sends an email or tries to get them to work, they don't have to answer it. And they can't be fired. And if the boss tries to make them answer it, they can take it to the Fair Work Commission and sue them for 18 grand. So do they have, like, or, or, or there's now changing of retrenchment laws for small businesses that is backdated so farms that have hired yeah. so if you're a farmer and you've hired your cousin for like 20 years mm. now he's got a backdated 20 years of salary that if you retrench him you can have to pay him out for it so mm. i mean is america seeing that sort of stuff as well 
I mean, the government gets involved in most things, but I don't, I don't think that you don't have to reply to your boss after five would apply if you sign an employment contract saying you understand you're on call for 24 seven and you're getting paid because of that. That would be my interpretation because essentially you're, you're signing an agreement saying, I agree to be on call. And I would assume if you work in a job, I think this affects people more like if you're in retail or like really those eight to five jobs, nine to five jobs, whatever, that is where it affects you more. I think if you have a job that is known that you're working 24 seven, your contract is going to stipulate in your employment contract that you're going to, you, you, you're going to have it. Um, so, yeah, I also don't believe most of these unemployed. I don't know about Australia. I don't believe the unemployment numbers in, in the U S I think they lie about that too. I think they lie about everything because they want to look good. That's all. They can't blatantly lie. I think now they're blatantly lying. They even say but now if with they the, are, uh, that mm. but if they are, mate, that eventually has to catch up. It will. You know what I mean? It's like in Australia. In Australia, our unemployment rate is really low, but the definition of employment is something crazy. Yeah. You know, they, they do all these. Oh, the tricks. definition is the yeah. definition is not. It's not someone that's working like forty hours a week. You know, like the nine nine to five. It's it's mm. it's like someone that works like a certain amount of hours, or mm -hmm. you know, they're on a certain contract, or you know, like the figures. The figures are always a little bit fudged. So, no, I mean, they, what do you they, what do you think the answer is going to be? You think that America's going to going to drift into going to drift into some form of uh, recession, or it's going to pull through? What do you think is going to happen? No, no, I, I I think the 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 globe as a whole is going to get fucked hard is my opinion, is what I think. I think we're all going to get screwed. I think anybody who's sort of attached to the U.S. system, which is pretty much everybody, is going to get burned. I don't see how they come out of this. Not like, All they could do is kick the can down the road, which is just going to make the problem worse later. That's all. They have, they have two choices. Either they keep interest rates where they are, they stop spending so much, and then you start seeing people losing, you'll see more people losing their jobs, companies cost cutting more, investment's going to go down, like everything's just going to fall apart, or they lower interest rates, and then inflation starts flying through the roof. I think the only reason things are okay for now is because there's an election coming up. This is the only reason. I think they know but that they Trump's, can... Trump's come out and said he doesn't want to be, what was the guy's name? Herbert Hoover was the great depression guy. Um, I, I he mean, said that... he doesn't... He's worried he's just going to inherit this absolute he, bastard he case, and then he's that's going to be known yes. as just like that's what's going to happen. That is a hundred percent what is going to happen. Because look, you have you have one side who doesn't give a flying fuck, which is the Democrats, right? And if shit hits the fan, they don't care because they already won the election. If they win, yeah, they get another four years in there. So they're going to milk that four years and they're going to probably continue going after Trump and going after other people with the legal system and trying to fuck everything to eternity. So pretty much we're, we're just screwed. There's there's no hope. I, in my opinion, if they win again, we are so fucked. I don't even know what's going to happen. If Trump wins, they're just going to let go of the wheel and just shit's just going to hit the fan. And they're going to try to use that as a as an excuse to get elected in the next four years. So that's their play is my opinion. I think that's their play. I don't really think they care if they win or lose this election. Personally, I think they would prefer to win. But I also think they know that the economy is such a piece of shit that once they're out and the fact that they've staffed all of our fucking bureaucracy with their little parasites, they're just going to destroy it from the I mean, They don't care, man. Nobody cares.
That whole side doesn't care. It's an interesting thing now, actually, in terms of um, destroying it from the inside of the uh, – it's a bit of a, I guess, a, a trigger word, but socialist capitalism. So what's happened is basically the the Labor left, right, so the the union members and and, and the lefties, uh, we have compulsory superannuation, right, and it's all run by these like left union labour people, and then we the liberals, which is I guess I guess that's our our republicans, uh, many years ago set up a future fund that has about two hundred twenty six billion dollars, and it used to be run by. Uh, one of the best treasurers that we ever had, actually. Mm. He's just he's kind of at the age now he's just retiring. And now the government has gone and hired a guy whose previously his previous involvement was basically like net zero and renewables minister and mm. everything like that. Uh, so what we're seeing now is um, the liberals in this country, i.e. like Republicans, used to always be accused of being like big business and defending the top part of town and looking after the rich and everything like that. Mm. I mean, arguably it's changed in the last few decades, but now what we're seeing is we're seeing the left now running the corporations. Uh, and then that's being seen with all the investments. Well, I've actually asked a friend of mine who is a lefty and, and her friends are like hardcore environmentalists and one of her friends is an advisor to the military on how to go green and, you know, uh, and whatnot. Mm. Because I heard a rumour. Well, it was based on Senate estimates. It wasn't rumours. So in 2020, the Senate estimates came up with a rough conclusion that per windmill, it was 600000 Australian dollars subsidy each year. Mm. So each windmill, each year, the government pays a subsidy of $600,000. Mm -hmm. Let's just work off the fact that six hundred is too high. Let's say two hundred thousand. I mean, how many blinking windmills are there in Australia? They're everywhere. And so now, what's happened is that uh, we were trying to have this debate on nuclear, which wasn't going anywhere. But one of the ministers or one of the state ministers came out and said, "Weighing on tick, we've just put over you know trillion dollars into renewables, even if nuclear energy is the right way, we just can't do it anymore." So we're actually seeing now in Australia a massive change where capitalism is dictated by a, a left. I mean, I don't want to say a woke left, but kind of heading that way with all this ESG stuff. I wouldn't say that. I just kind they're... of wonder, I wonder in America if it's going to be similar. Of course They it kind is, of dude. found their way through the universities and schools, and now they've found their ways into the boardroom. I I don't think the people who are making the decisions are woke. I think they just know that there's an easy way for them to make money. Like the fact that you have to say that you can't even run your green energy business unless you have millions of dollars in subsidies should tell you something. Like it's not a good business model. Nobody wants it. It's too expensive. But who knows where all that money goes, man? You know, I, I, I'm sure there's kickbacks. for. Look, that's what they saw as their way to make money. And they brainwashed a bunch of sheeple to think that they're oh, saving geez. the world and sure i have an army of idiots running around saying they're saving the world while i'm sitting there writing subsidy checks to some company that shouldn't by any right exist because they're losers and who knows what i'll get as a benefit for that then i get to put all these fancy words on my resume oh i'm esg 
carbon emission expert. Go fuck yourself, really. All it is is you're going to get a job from another company that's also living off of government subsidies, which is dictated by a government that wants to give subsidies. Like they're all, it, it's the same as the FDA pharmaceutical thing. That's how I see it. Like the FDA doesn't give a fuck what the pharmaceuticals do because once they leave the government, they go work for the pharmaceutical company. Like they're just there to make money, man. It's just greed. And right now it's it, the, the whole green energy push is the easiest way to make money because you have so many people convinced it's a great idea and they're okay with you putting millions and billions of dollars into it with pretty much, I would assume not too much oversight because they're going to get away with it by saying, Oh, we're helping the environment. So nobody really wants to look too deep and who knows what happens. But then they don't that. look deep because I forgot no, how many course. tons of oil I forgot how many tons of oil is needed to lubricate each windmill, but it's like an exorbitant amount of petroleum products are used. And mm. then you can't re then you can't recycle the windmills. Then yeah. they only last a certain amount. And then now what's really got me, I think we, we might have talked about it last episode, I can't remember. But now they're tearing down like rainforests to build windmills. Yeah, and then yeah. they're like the whole the whole protect the environment. Like there's an area in our state where the the birds they migrate from like Siberia and China, and I think I, I think it's the breeding grounds or something down here. And they want to rip up the whole area and put windmills. So I mean, okay, maybe a bird that flies into a windmill shouldn't you know it's not going to be around for too much longer. But the principle is. And then the other thing now, which is we've seen this really interesting thing, right, where. The Greens, the Greens Party, the founder of the Greens Party, uh, mm -hmm. who, to be honest with you, man, like I kind of respect because he he was he was an actual environmentalist. Like he actually was like chained himself to the trees, you know, like, you know, let's kind of do it, clean water, clean air and everything like that. It was a man of conviction, Bob Brown. But now the craziest thing is he's signing with the people that he used to hate. Like, he's actually siding with the people that used to hate. And both sides are like, we never thought we'd see the day that, like, Bob Brown and I are standing together. But we're both calling it absolutely ridiculous because they, they want to build wind farms in the ocean that blocks the whale migration, you know? So it's like even even Bob Brown has got to the point where he's like, hang on a tick. Like, I pushed for windmills for years in Parliament. I, I believe in renewable energy. But yeah. why the hell are we tearing up forests and why the hell are we building it in oceans that's blocking the breeding grounds of endangered species? And so I think, I, I, I hope, maybe, that we're starting to see a change amongst the population because the, the, the power is kind of neither, neither here nor there. Yes, they were promised cheaper and it's not cheaper, but eventually one could argue after transition that it might. But... You know, it's kind of like, what are you achieving for all of this? And then what's even wilder is they're putting it on prime farmland. Now. So now that they're having full protests outside of the parliament because they're trying to put windmills in our main farming areas so we can't feed ourselves. And when we've got four minutes left, it's the same thing in EU with these farmers, how they're all protesting everywhere because they're trying to, like, get rid of all the subsidies and everything like that and stop, stop, the, stop the produce of farms. It's all right, man. They'll just feed you bugs. That's the plan. You'll eat the bugs and you'll like it. They want you to eat all of their processed, junk, nasty-ass food. That's what they want. 
and it's all part of control and money. You ever look at the ingredients in one of those fake meat sausages or fake meat burgers? It's disgusting. It's fucking disgusting. And they would rather... Yes. Fake beef patty's actually was it was uh was a pretty good oh it was a funny thing on the internet here so with all the floods in the north uh Mount Isa it's a mining town in Queensland and the bloke walks in and he's a fair dinkum Aussie he's a big beard big big beard bill